In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul said in verse 21, Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Prove everything by the New Testament Bible. If you want to know about divorce and remarriage, do a search on the New Testament Bible. Read the scriptures. Set your doctrine by the scriptures of the New Testament Bible. In every subject that you are considering, you always must ask, what does the New Testament Bible say about this subject? Take all of the scriptures and compare each scripture on that subject and let God establish the doctrine in your heart by the New Testament Bible. As a new Christian in 1975, I began to wonder if God still uses dreams and visions and angels to speak to us today since we have the Holy Spirit through which God can speak to us. The one way to establish this was to go to the Bible and read all of the examples given of dreams, visions, and angels speaking in the New Testament Bible. When I assembled all of these examples, I was sure in my heart that God still uses dreams, visions, and angels to speak to individuals today in the church. After I established this, God gave me many dreams and visions. And at one point, I believe he had an angel speak to me. Here are a few of those examples. I attended a neighborhood prayer group during that period of time. As the women were praying one day, I was standing in the circle with them, and they were praying, and God said to me, look up. And I raised my head and opened my eyes, and on a solid wall, I saw outlined a body part. I have never liked the subject of the human body, and I couldn't remember what the body part was, so I'm praying to God while the women are praying. And I said to God, I know that is a part of the body, but I can't remember which part it is, and I heard stomach. And I said, oh, yes, that's like the old Pepto-Bismol commercials on television that showed the stomach. So when the women quit praying, I gathered enough courage to say, does anyone have a stomach problem? And one little woman said, oh, I do, I do. I got so interested in the process that God used to show me this information, and I was focused on that, and I didn't pay much attention to what happened after that, but I assumed they prayed for her, and I assumed she was healed. By that experience, God began teaching me 
how he would work with me on gifts of the Holy Spirit, especially word of knowledge. Word of knowledge is something that you have no way to know this is going on, but God reveals to you a problem that is happening in the group and you just share it with the group and the person who has the problem acknowledges it. Word of knowledge is in the listing of the spiritual gifts of the Holy Spirit, which God gives to the church. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 12. You can also read about it in Romans chapter 12. We'll take a moment to read that. Start at verse 6. Then having gifts differing, According to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on our ministry, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation. Exhort means to urge earnestly by advice or warning. He that giveth, let him do it with simplicity. He that ruleth with diligence. He that showeth mercy with cheerfulness. Those are gifts of the Holy Spirit. There are some churches today who deny the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I know that Church of Christ denied them at the time that I attended Church of Christ in the 1950s. They didn't even acknowledge that we are given the Holy Spirit today. It's incredible that they have that kind of doctrine because what do they go by except the New Testament, which tells us exactly what to do? They deny things like tongues. When Paul said in 1 Corinthians fourteen twenty six, concerning the gathering of the church and what we're supposed to do, Today, in the New Testament church, verse 26, Paul says, How is it then, brethren, when ye come together, every one of you hath a psalm, hath a doctrine, hath a tongue, hath a revelation, hath an interpretation? Let all things be done unto edifying. God was going to speak to the congregation through whom he willed not just to the men approved by the leadership of the church group, but the Holy Spirit was free to speak through whomever God willed. I attended a Bible class at Word of Faith Church, and our teacher always, he never failed to do this. At every Bible class, he would say, does anyone have a word from the Lord? If so, feel free to share that word now. He never failed to say that. He opened the door in his class for the gifts of the Holy Spirit to come forth through whomever God willed. That's exactly what we're supposed to do in the gathering of the church. A long time ago on a Wednesday night, there was some church that I attended, and they opened the door for the people 
in the congregation to give testimonies concerning what God had done in their life. And that was so exciting to hear those testimonies. But usually, the 11 o'clock service on Sunday morning is pre-planned long before we ever arrive at the service. And there's a banister separating the ministers from the congregation, and there's a pulpit, and it's raised up, up higher than the seating of the congregation to give a sense of authority, really, and then also so the people can see the person who is approved to speak. When I have been in those services, I've often thought, if Jesus was sitting here today in this church service, Jesus would not be approved to speak to the church. Well, 1 Corinthians 14, Paul tells us what the gathering of the church is supposed to be. I doubt that you will find an 11 o'clock service that's like Paul described, but I have found Sunday school classes that open the door for God to speak through whomever is sitting there in the Bible class. In the written material attached to today's podcast, I give a few examples of God using in the New Testament Bible dreams, visions, and angels of God to speak as needed. There are, however, many more examples than I printed on this writing that's attached to this podcast. You need to establish this subject for yourself by going to the New Testament Bible and typing in the keywords, dreams, and then later visions, and read all those scriptures, and then angels speaking to the congregation or to the individual. Establish for your own self, prove the doctrine for your own self, that God uses these things to speak to us today in the New Testament church. We should prove all things. We should prove our doctrine by the scriptures in the New Testament Bible. Concerning Church of Christ, before my aunt died, and she'd attended Church of Christ all her life, before she died, she told me this. She said, I know things are wrong at the church. I know some things are wrong. But she didn't leave that church because they were misteaching scripture. But she knew they were wrong because she had read the Bible many times and she had decided that they were wrong. It is Antichrist when a church changes the scripture to another doctrine. The only thing we really have to go by concerning the church is what God put in the New Testament Bible. That aunt died in 1982 or 1983, but her daughter, before she died, she told me, I know things are wrong concerning what we've taught about the Holy Spirit and faith. But she said they don't want to teach 
This is incredible. They don't want to teach what the Bible says because it might upset the faith of the older people. This is just incredible. The truth might upset the faith of the older people in the congregation, is what she told me. I think I inwardly just shook my head in wonder, wonder over what she had just said. They knew it was wrong, but they continued to teach it because they didn't want to upset the faith of the older people. Every one of us have to establish our doctrines by reading the New Testament Bible. And if we're in a church that teaches something opposite to that which we see in the New Testament Bible, we have to understand that church is an Antichrist group. It's the end-time apostasy. You can read about that in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I suggest you read both King James Version and the New American Standard Version Bible on this subject of the apostasy of the end time, 2 Thessalonians 2. By reading the scriptures concerning dreams, visions, and angels of God speaking to individuals, I established in my heart the truth that God does use these things with us today to lead us, to guide us, to warn us. I've been warned many times by dreams. At one point in time, God had me teaching things like taking thoughts captive and dealing with destructive thoughts and following God by His Spirit. It was very popular in the churches at that time. I was on radio, and I spoke those things on radio, and I had a fairly large following of people. And then I would go into the cities where I was on radio and teach those subjects. And I'd have, oh, between seven and 2,000 usually in the second year that I was on radio come to those meetings. But I had established these things in my heart. God had taught me these things. Then in 1982, everything changed. Because God said to me, the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. After that, he showed me some things that the ministers in the big-time radio television world were doing that were wrong. And I had to communicate this with those ministers. I couldn't get the message directly to the ministers, so then God showed me just present the message, naming the minister by name, telling of what I've shown you is wrong, and do it on your own radio broadcast, because I was on radio from coast to coast back in the early 80s. When I gave that, everything changed. They were just furious with me, the people, the congregations of those ministers, and they turned against me very strongly. One night I had a dream where God showed me they were going to harm me. And he said this to me, don't go until you see Exodus 15. 
After I had that dream, immediately I just canceled all meetings that I had planned for 1982 and did not go out. One of our church people said, Joan, you can't do this. If you go out, they will give money. But if you don't go out, you'll lose all this money. And I said to her, I don't care. I'm not going. God told me not to go out, and I'm not going. Well, God saw that I had plenty of money to do the work that he wanted done. But I've been warned several times by dreams. During this time of persecution, I was very much persecuted by the churches around the United States because of these judgment messages. One night, God gave me a dream showing me that it was like I had been shot in the chest by a shotgun. And he sent an angel to put a healing balm, a healing salve on those holes in my body. And it felt so good. So I've had many experiences with dreams, and I have acted on the information as a result of the dream. I haven't hesitated to change the direction I was planning to go when I was shown to do so in a dream. But I believe the reason I have been able to deal rapidly with dreams, visions, and things like that is that I had laid all that foundation by personal study of the subject of dreams, visions, and angels speaking by the will of God to individuals in the New Testament church. On January 10th, 1980, I was asleep in the night, and I was awakened by a very, very loud voice saying three words to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. By those words, I was put on radio to speak to the churches and exhort them. God put me on radio. When I woke up that night after having been spoken to by what I believe is an angel, because his angels are described in the Bible with very powerful trumpet-like voices. Well, this was like that kind of voice, and I think it was an angel of God sent to deliver this message to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. That morning, I looked up KWJS and found it to be a radio station. And I said to God, are you telling me to go on radio? I wouldn't know how to do that. And instantly, I heard from the Holy Spirit, call the radio station manager. That same morning, I called radio station KWJS and asked to speak to the manager. When he came on the phone, I said, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? And he said, make an audition tape, 29 and a half minutes long. Send it to me, and if you fit our programming, we'll offer you a contract. As soon as I hung up the phone, I got my recorder and my kitchen timer, set it for 29 and a half minutes, prayed for God to show me what 
to speak on the recording, and I just spoke whatever the Holy Spirit brought to my attention. If it was a scripture, I spoke the scripture. If it was an example, a concept of teaching, I spoke that. Within five days, I was speaking on radio KWJS, and within the next year or year and a half, I was on radio from Hartford to Seattle and at places in between in the United States. Just like the January 10th word came to me, Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I believe that was an angel of God delivering that message to me, which put me on radio. There was no internet in 1980. Radio, television were about the only ways that you had of communicating with the churches all over the area where you lived. In 2012, we had internet. I had a dream where a woman was singing to a small group of people, and I was there listening to her, and I said, well, it's a small voice, but it's a nice little voice. And God opened my eyes immediately to see a blog. I called Pam Paget, who was a computer programmer at FedEx in Colorado Springs, and asked her if she could set up a blog for us, for the ministry. And she said, well, I think I can do it. And within three days, we were writing on the blog. That was the end of March 2012. It is a nice voice. It's a little voice, but it's a nice little voice. It cost us nothing at all to produce the writings, and they go all over the world. So I'd say it's a very nice little voice. In the year 2020, I also had a dream, and it was... I opened the front door of my house. I opened the front door, and kittens were everywhere. They were all the way down the side of my house. They were stacked up at the front door. They were starving to death. Some of them could barely stand up. I went into my garage, and kittens were everywhere in my garage, just waiting for me to feed them. I said to God, what does this mean? How can I feed all these kittens? And I knew it was podcast. So Pam immediately found out how to set up a podcast. We went to a sound company and bought microphones and recording equipment. And very quickly, I was doing recordings for podcast. It was so much better than radio, I thought, because on radio, it's a one-time shot. You either hear that exact radio broadcast or you don't get to hear it again, usually. But on podcast, I could build a library of all of the teachings. And at any time, anyone could go back in the archive and pull up that recording on that subject. I thought it was an excellent way to present material to the church today. The cost of doing the broadcast, we have to have a host 
and the host we have, Podbean, charges $100 a year. <laughs> it's incredible. $100 a year. And of course, podcasts now are just really commonplace. <laughs> they weren't in 2020, the year that I had that dream. But today, you see it all the time on television. Hear our podcast at such and such. God has led me so many times by dreams in personal matters as well as ministry. And I needed very much to understand that this is a legitimate part of the New Testament church today so that I had a basis for recognizing dreams that were from God. So build your basis by going to the New Testament Bible and searching for all the scriptures on that subject. If your subject that you're wanting to know about is divorce, do a search on divorce uh, and also the term putting away, which the King James Version uses to describe divorce. Study those scriptures. It is so important that you do this yourself with the New Testament Bible rather than going to a pastor. A woman who came into our church group sometime in the early 1980s had been raised in a Baptist church. She was not born again, but she was raised in a Baptist church and had their doctrines. She married and divorced, and then she wanted to remarry, and she must have had some information that if she did this, she would be committing adultery. So she wanted to remarry. She went to a pastor of a church and asked him if it would be all right for her to remarry after divorce. And he said, well, my sister is divorced and remarried. I don't see anything wrong with it. So she remarried after divorce. After that, at some point in time, she was born again. And most of us, when we're born again, what do we want to do? We want to read the Bible. So she started reading the New Testament. And she saw one scripture after another showing her that if she did remarry after divorce, she would be committing adultery. But she'd already done it. And she was so angry with that pastor for telling her that it was all right to remarry after divorce when she, by the Bible itself, had seen that when she did this, she committed adultery. But really, she has no one to blame but herself. She had a New Testament Bible. She could do a search on the subject instead of going to a pastor. On television, I was watching a television news presentation, just secular news. And one of their stories, they had that Catholic man who calls himself Pope. They had him appear on screen, and they asked him, what about homosexuals? And he said, well, I don't see anything wrong with being a homosexual. And I literally screamed at my television set, what about the Bible? What does the Bible say? Romans 1 tells us God's view of homosexuals and lesbians. 
It's not our view, except we agree with God, because it's in the New, in the New Testament Bible. But if someone says to you, what do you think about homosexuals and lesbians? Be prepared to take a Bible and read to them. Don't just say, the Bible says it's wrong. God showed me, read the scripture to the people. If, the, if someone at work says, what do you think about homosexuals and lesbians? Be prepared to read that Bible to them. Be prepared to read Romans 1. They make those little New Testament Bibles. It's easy to put it in your purse and carry it or in your pocket and carry it. And be prepared. Read the actual Bible to them on the subject. Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 25. Who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator. Now here at verse 26, For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections, for even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men, working that which is unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. God calls homosexual and lesbian acts vile affections. We just simply agree with God. This is God's opinion of the subject. So be prepared to read Romans 1 to anyone who says to you, what do you think? Be prepared to share what the Bible says, the exact words of what the Bible says. One more thing today, 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's look at that. The Apostle Paul said, starting at verse 9, Wherefore we labor, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him, accepted of God. Verse 10, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Every one of us will appear at the judgment seat of Christ to individually answer for that which we've done on this earth, whether good or bad. Now, of course, we don't answer for the things before we were born again. But after we're born again, the way we present information, the things we say, our testimony to other people. Paul says, be not conformed to this world, to their thinking, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renew your mind to the New Testament Bible 
and be prepared to speak if someone asks you what you think about a subject. Be prepared to go to that passage of Scripture and read it to them so they see what God thinks. That's very important. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you today.